You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 19. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. The last episode, we talked about TSH testing and gave our opinion about that and some of the controversy. There definitely is a controversy as far as what's tested, why it's tested, how it's addressed. So we're going to expand on a little bit and give our opinion of what we think is a simplified thyroid function test, what we look at and what we want to see with those assessments that way. Yeah, so just to recap, the TSH is the thyroid stimulating hormone. It's a signal from your brain. It's supposed to monitor basically your overall thyroid level in your body. And of course, in a perfect world, if your thyroid level in your body is high, so you have a high thyroid, then that TSH is real quiet. That number is really low. And if somebody has an underactive thyroid where their thyroid's really, you know, not producing enough, it's not active, hypothyroid, then in a perfect world again, then your TSH level would be high. The number would be elevated. So the TSH isn't really a hormone. It's a stimulating hormone. So it's one tool that we talked about earlier that is important in determining how you're going to treat someone's thyroid if that's indeed the case. But at the same time, it's not the only thing that we use or we feel is justified in treating someone with thyroid. Yeah, right. You know, we kind of alluded to some of the reasons as to why that's the only test. And I think it's just, you know, medicine doesn't evolve very quickly. Everyone, most of the time in a conventional realm is going to get one of the three same medications. I think that's why it's just simplified that way. And the other tests that are done are just not even really that necessary. They just don't even look at it. You know, honestly, I don't know. I'm a little confused. I don't understand why they try to simplify it so much. Maybe it's insurance. Maybe it's just belief. Maybe it's that's what they were taught and they don't question that. But we're, you know, we're always kind of looking at that. So why don't you give us uh, your list of tests that you like to do for thyroid function? So if we're doing function, now we had talked about earlier, we're going to talk about Hashimoto's. That's something a little bit different. Hashimoto's is a thyroid disease where the immune system is attacking the thyroid. There's a lot of other tests that go with that. But if we're just looking at function, somebody comes in, they say, you know, I'm really tired, I'm foggy brained, I'm gaining weight, I'm cold, my hair is falling out, I'm constipated, I might have some period issues, I might have some mood issues. You know, I think there might be something going on with my thyroid. My doctor will only test my TSH. He or she says it's normal. I don't know what to do. So if we're just looking at straight up thyroid function, then I like to do the free T4 and the free T3. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it really, that's a really short list, a TSH, a free T3, a free T4. And then I know we talked about this ahead of time and people that are already on medication, maybe they're on Synthroid or Levothyroxine or Lavoxyl, 100 micrograms or more. You might also add on a reverse T3 to that list as well. That's true because actually that opens up another little interesting door is 
people come in and they say, I think I have a thyroid problem. I have people that come in that are already on thyroid medication and they say, I still feel like I have a thyroid problem, but my TSH is really low. Remember, in a perfect world, if the TSH is low, the thyroid function is high. So I'm already on thyroid medication for my doctor. My TSH is too low. Now my doctor wants to reduce my thyroid medication, but I already feel like I'm so tired. I can't imagine how I'd feel if that thyroid medication were lowered. We get that all the time. That's where that reverse T3 comes in because most of the time, conventionally, which we're going to get into all the different kinds of medications in for thyroid in another podcast, but conventionally, pretty much people are given T4, Synthroid, which is basically a mono T4 therapy. A lot of times we do that reverse T3 because instead of T4 converting to T3, it converts to reverse T3. Yeah, which is an inactive metabolite and it basically kind of you know, not really, but it's competing for space between T3 and reverse T3. T3 is taking up too much space and it actually can decrease function. And if you're on a lot of T4 only, T4 monotherapy, Synthroid, Levoxyl, Levothyroxine, if you're on a high enough dose, your your reverse T3 is going to go up. And that means then you're, there's less room Room isn't really the right way to describe that, but there's less room for T3 levels. And that's the thing to understand is that T4 is an inactive hormone. The only thing your body really does with that is convert it into T3. T3 is where all the business is. T3 is what helps you feel better, look better, function better. Everything is going to be better with the T3, but the conventional medications don't have any T3 in it. That's the fundamental flaw that is out there. And that's also why just looking at the TSH really doesn't quite work. Either people get misdiagnosed or they don't get addressed properly, partially because of what they're testing and what they're prescribing. There's two issues there. We'll get into the medications later on. But it is interesting, like you said, the um, you know the T4 does convert to T3, and T4 is a beautiful molecule. It's got a seven-day half-life. It's very stable, where T3 is a very unstable molecule. It's got like a 24-hour half-life, but like Dr. Mackey was saying, is the T3 does everything. So everything's moving. So if your T3 is low, maybe your T4 isn't converting to T3 or just the T4 and the T3 are just kind of low. Just think of everything moving, slowing down. Now it's not gonna completely stop. If everything stopped, then we wouldn't be alive. But think of all your processes slowing down. That's why people get constipated. Their digestive system slows down. That's why they get dry skin because their hair, skin, and nails, that cellular turnover slows down. So then they get the hair loss. Hair loss is huge. Um, weight gain, your metabolism slows down. That's why people are cold because their temperature goes down. Their core thermostat can't keep their heat up, which is also part of that metabolism. So think of everything moving and slow it down, even mood. You know, my mood's good, but if I slowed my mood down, then, you know, people have a low mood, energy slows down, everything slows down. But like Dr. Mackey was saying is if some doctors do test that free T4, but pretty much they only straight up stick with that TSH and base your medication based off that TSH. A lot of times, especially because I mean, we were mentioning, you know, I get a lot of people that come in that aren't on any thyroid, but we do get a, a pretty large population of patients already on thyroid, but they don't feel like things are right. And that's because that T4 isn't converting to T3. Yeah, right. So, if, and what we've noticed testing wise is that the trend is, they are expanding a little bit. They'll do a TSH, they'll do a, a total T4, they might do a total T3, 
and they might do a free T4, but they will not do a free T3. The one that I see done the least of all those thyroid tests is the free T3. I said in the last episode, I work with a lot of people from Kaiser in Southern California, and they refuse, I'm not really even sure why, but they refuse to do a free T3 level. I don't know why it's not even on there. One of the Patients of mine said that their doctor said it's not even on their list of tests that they can even request. And you and I feel like that is the actually most important test of all of them is the free T3. Oh, absolutely. You know, when it comes down to the reference ranges, of course, they're big. So if they do, you know, a lot of times people tend to run in the normal ranges or the low normal because these reference ranges are so big. But I think because they don't do the T3 because to treat somebody with T3 is very tricky. Conventionally, there's not very many medications. There's Cytomel, which is out, you know, as a T3. And we're going to go in and, you know, do more of a, a medication podcast a little bit. But I think because the treatment options are so limited conventionally for T3, that's why they don't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. They don't know what to do with it. Yeah, right. And that's where all the benefit comes from. When you do address that part, that's where the patient actually improves. So you're right. We see people that are coming in questioning whether they have a thyroid issue and the ones that are already on medication, but they don't feel, they still feel like they're hypothyroid. All of it kind of revolves around the same issue. And when we're talking, and it's interesting, we refer to it as thyroid function, not thyroid disease, right? We are trying to optimize those numbers. And we'll talk about that here in a second, what those reference ranges should be not perfectly, but at least shooting for that. And there's a, you know, between the TSH and the free T3, there's a very specific ratio or a very specific relationship between the two of those that we want to see after a period of time of some type of treatment, whether that's like we said, diet, lifestyle, supplementation, medication, whatever the case might be, those numbers want to, you know, over the course of time, we want them to look a certain way. No, and yeah, not to disrespect endocrinologists or your internist or your primary care, you know, especially endocrinologists, they're treating people with stage three or four diseases that when somebody, you know, that comes in that really generally doesn't feel well, but they look at them and they say, you look gorgeous, you look great. You know, they don't really take into consideration how the person's feeling. They just say, hey, everything's in normal range. You look great. Just leave and go be happy because they're dealing with somebody that might have, you know, diabetes and necrosis of their toes. You know, somebody with some kind of, you know, COPD and they're on, you know, some kind of oxygen. So when you do go to your endocrinologist, because I've had people come to me crying because they went to the endocrinologist and they laughed at them. (laughs) but it's really because, you know, their patient population are different from our patient population. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we're talking about optimization. The idea that you don't address something until there's a problem, I think is the old way of medicine. 2017, I don't think that's any longer an option. That's not acceptable any longer to say, oh, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, especially when the patient's telling you, I don't feel fine. Why is the doctor right just because a lab test is normal or is inside this reference range and the patient is automatically discounted on that? They're not really validated in that, you know, they're not making it up. It's not in their head or anything like that. But I think that... Because the doctor doesn't necessarily know how to help them in that situation, based on the way that they have traditionally done that, they automatically try to project a little bit and make it the patient's fault. Like there's something wrong with them, kind of it's like all in their head or something, because they're or they're wasting their time because they really don't have an issue. And that is, again, like we talked about in the last one, it has to be black or white before anything gets done. If it's a problem, then it'll be addressed. If it's not a problem, there's a gray area there Nobody knows what to do. And that's where I think you and I work the best is we work very well in that gray area of not having a definitive yes or no, 
You don't really need a yes or no. You look at their symptom picture, you, you ask them what the problems are, and now based on the way that we look at certain things, we can kind of deduce what the issue, what the situation might be, whether it's a thyroid issue, maybe it's an adrenal issue. Usually if it's a thyroid issue, it is an adrenal issue. We'll talk about that in another episode. So it does get really complicated. It's not just either you have it or you don't. It's somewhere in between the two of those. And that's where, um, why these differences of opinion start to come up because we don't ever look at medicine as being just fixed, right? It's not that black and white static kind of a thing. I don't know why medicine has revolved to that. I really don't, especially in 2017. You think that it would start to be, and I think that is happening, right? I think that it is changing. That's why we're talking about this, right? Because it is changing, just not necessarily on a mainstream kind of mass scale as it probably needs to. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like the data. I like looking at where someone's free T3, the free T4, and then treating them and then seeing where the levels are after treatment. But a lot of times, you know, like Dr. Mackey said, it isn't just about the medication. There's lifestyle, there's supplementation, there's dietary changes that we can make. But a lot of times when your thyroid's off and you don't feel good, we all know we should be eating better and exercising, but when you don't feel good, we don't do it. Right, right, right. Let's actually go into the numbers, okay? So we talked about TSH already. TSH is, the reference range is 0.45 to 4.5. We've said that one enough times. Everyone should remember what that one is. What is your reference range for, or what is the reference range for free T3 and free T4? Well, real quick on that TSH, we like to see that TSH. Anytime we see it at two or above, then that tells us that there's something going on with the thyroid. But, you know, like we had said before, the free T4 and the free T3, to me, I think are the most important. So yeah, there's lots of other things, like you said, the total thyroxine, the total T3, the leothyronine, but all hormones are bound with a protein, so it's not really biologically available. But when you release that protein, it becomes a free hormone and then it's available, which is why we like to do the free T4 and the free T3. And as we mentioned, you know, the T4 travels in the bloodstream and it converts over to the T3 because our thyroid doesn't actually make T3. It mainly makes T4, right? Yeah. So the liver converts about actually about 60% of T4 to T3. The bacteria in the colon, the microbiome converts about 20%. And then the peripheral tissue convert about 20% of T4 to T3. So when we're talking about thyroid, we're talking about T3, a T4 to T3 conversion version, which is completely a woman's issue, right? As time goes on, their TSH goes up, their free T3s go down. That's exactly the relationship we're trying to improve upon. We're trying to get their TSH to go down and their free T3 to go up. So you have the reference range numbers? Yeah. So for a free T4, the reference range, now this is a huge reference range, 0.8 to 1.8 nanograms per deciliter, but basically 0.8 to 1.8. So that's a really big reference range. I don't like to see somebody's T4 up to 1.8. I know for sure when someone has a lot of T4, it's pooling, it's not converting over to the free T3, it's probably converting into reverse T3. So I actually like to see that T4 somewhere around, you know, ideally 1.2. That's like the perfect. But you know, 1.0 to 1.2 is a good number, but at the same time, you can't really depend on that unless you have the free T3 because some people convert their T4 wonderfully to T3 and some people don't. So you got to have them both. You can't just have one or the other. Right. Okay. And the reference range for free T3. So for the free T3, that's another huge, huge, vast reference range. Every lab is a little different and they've actually recently changed them. So 
For most labs, the free T3 is 2.0 to 4.4. Quest used to have it at 2.4 to 4.2, and then they changed it to 2.0 to 4.2. LabCorp has it at 2.2 to 4.4. Every place is a little bit different, but for overall, it's 2.0 to 4.0 nanograms per deciliter. Yeah, so 2.0 to 4.4. I've seen it, uh, Quest or LabCorp, 2.3 to 4.2. You know, pretty much the same thing. We're talking just slight variations from one lab to the next. And where do you typically see uh, people on that particular test? When people come in to me with complaints of, you know, I'm tired, my metabolism is off, my energy, my mood, my hair, my skin, my sleep, my libido, usually when they come in that way, their T3 is most often pretty much 2.8, you know, under three. Anytime I see it under three, I think, okay, everything's going a little slow. Is it because their T4 doesn't convert to T3 well, or is their T4 already just low? So there's just not enough of it to convert to the T3. And that's usually what I see on just somebody that's coming in without any medication. Now, the ideal goal is to really have that T3 up there at 3.8 to 4.4. Now, everybody's an individual. Some people, that's too much for them. It depends. But Ideally, I like to see it at 3.8 to 4.4. Yeah, so I would say that most people, you know, we see those labs all the time, whether they're 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, doesn't matter. The, the free T3 is always in the twos, always in the twos. Not always. I mean, there's exceptions, but 80% of the time, probably 90 plus percent of the time, they're, like you said, 2.8 or lower. So there, if you look at a, like a, a typical bell curve, right, you have the median in the middle, which is the peak of the bell, and you have a standard deviation to the right, which would be the 4.4, and the standard deviation to the left would be the 2.0. Everybody is closer towards that standard deviation to the left, where in reality, they all should be towards the median, right? And 80% of the population should be in the middle of that range where everybody is actually low on that range, almost across the board. For their patients that we see. Yeah, that we see, right. Because yeah. I, it's funny, actually, last week I had a patient, we were going over his lab work and his, not on any medication, his T3 was at 3.8. I was like, this is so beautiful. I wish your wife's was this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But he probably, and I don't know who you're talking about, but he's probably, he probably exercises. He probably lifts some weights. Mm -hmm. His diet is probably decent. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So he has that really optimized. Day. And he's also a guy. You know, you fellows are a little easier than us girls. Yeah, yeah. It's not as much of a male issue as it is a female issue. And when those female hormones start changing, certainly the thyroid kind of takes the brunt to some of that, where the men, their thyroid, you don't really see as much of the thyroid trouble with men. You see some thyroid trouble in men that are like pre-diabetic. Their TSH starts to go up as they're insulin resistant or pre-diabetic or even diabetic. You improve their diabetes and guess what? Their TSH is improve, which is still a strategy for women as well. But for women, like you said, it's just a little bit more complicated than that. Absolutely. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. When I was telling that patient, I go, oh, I, cause I see his wife too. I was like, oh, I wish her thyroid level was that cause we are complicated, but that's why it's not just about medication. It really is about the overall concept of let's, you know, let's work on supplementation. Let's work on the adrenals. Let's work on the digestion. Let's work on lifestyle. So, you know, it could be like we said on the last podcast that sometimes your primary care, your internist, your endocrinologist doesn't have that kind of time to spend with you. And, you know, unfortunately they don't really have the tools in the tool belt. You know, we have a lot of tools in the tool belt. We'll talk about medications later. We're not even talking about supplementation 
We talked about thyroid, you know, T3 conversion happens in your liver. Improving liver function makes your thyroid function better, right? Those kinds of concepts or those kinds of ideas are not really thought about by the primary care, even by the endocrinologist. They know that, they learned it in school, but they don't really think of it that way. Everyone is relegated to basically one medication. You know, when we're talking about diet, lifestyle, supplementation, medication, now the synergy between all those, you really can have a major impact on someone in some combination of those things, whether you're using medication or not. So what the last one that for our thyroid function test is reverse T3. Do you have a reference range for that one? I do. So reverse T3 reference range pretty much across the board. All labs have it at 8 to 25 nanograms per deciliter. So 8 to 25. Like I had mentioned, if you wanted straight up thyroid function, TSH, free T4, free T3, because that's... And then if somebody is on some kind of T4 monotherapy, levoxyl, levothyroxine, synthroid, tyrosent, it's, you know, they're all the same thing. They're basically a synthetic form of T4. So when you get the body smart too, you give it a big bolus of all this T4, it says, where did all this come from? And then it converts it into reverse T3 trying, because the body is always trying to protect itself. So we want to try to optimize that free T3, but if it's turning into reverse T3, then actually the reverse T3 as an inert molecule, as Dr. Mackey mentioned, reverse T3 will block your T3 receptors. So whatever limited free T3 you have hanging around can't even get into its receptor. Yeah. I mean, ultimately that right there, that concept that you just said, that's kind of the reason why we don't like T4 monotherapy because the T4, you can be on T4 medication and still have all the symptoms of being hypothyroid. It doesn't always work. For some people, it works great, right? They've been on that medication for a long time. They have no more symptoms. It's, you know, whatever. There's a huge segment of that thyroid population that the T4 monotherapy just doesn't work for. Now, if you're not on medication and you're not hyperthyroid, right? You're suspecting that you have low thyroid function, a reverse T3 is probably not necessary. We only usually do it when someone is on, what would you say, 100 micrograms of Synthroid or more. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, 85 to 100 micrograms of T4, then you check it. And you usually do it when they're TSH, like let's say they're on 112 micrograms of Synthroid and their TSH is at 0.8, so, you know, 0.85. And so, but, and, or even their TSH might even be suppressed at 0.35. And the doctor says, you know, we need to reduce down your T, you know, we got to reduce down your Synthroid. And they're terrified because they don't feel good. So they're having all the symptoms of the hypothyroid, even though their TSH looks just fine. And even their free T4 might be up there at 1.5, 1.6, but they still have all the hypo symptoms. That's because if you tested their reverse T3, it would probably be close to probably 32 to 35. And then their free T3 is down there at two, if not, you know, 2.2 to 1.7. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's exactly the relationship that we're trying to improve upon is we want the TSH to be less than one and a half give or take, less than one would be great. I like it at 0.45 to one. Yeah, low but not too low. Yeah, low but not too low. So it's in that good range. And we want that free T3 to be greater than 3.0, preferably, like you said, even greater than 3.5. Because usually nine times out of 10, the higher that free T3 is, the better they feel. 
They have more energy. They have better mood. They have, you know, their menstrual cycles improved. Their hair's growing again. All the, the classic, you know, they're actually able to go to the bathroom on a daily basis. They might be able to get their weight under control. Now, we don't use thyroid medication as a weight loss pill. Okay. It's not a weight loss pill. However, it can kind of lay the foundation for good diet, lifestyle, exercise practices. You know, you can actually lose some weight, kind of takes that part of the equation off. You know, it improves that part of the equation anyways. But yeah, so that's really, you know, where usually, you know, you don't really see where the TSH is low, the free T3 is high, and they still don't feel very good. That doesn't happen very often. So it's a very nice relationship that you're trying to accomplish. And always when they come in, whether their numbers are abnormal or not, their TSH is middle of the range or higher, and their free T3 is on the low end of normal. So like you said, less than 2.8. Okay, when they're in the twos, they're not going to feel very good. So we're trying to flip those numbers around. And uh, that's usually where the where most of that clinical improvement comes from over the next one to six months, depending on the person. Okay, now, what about, I know we discussed this as well, but uh, we discussed total T3 and total T4. Why don't you put that on your list? I don't, you know, like I said before, all hormones are bound with a protein. So total T4 and total T3 doesn't tell us is it connecting into its receptor and having a biochemical reaction and having an outcome from that reaction? It could just be running around in your system, just like reverse T3 doesn't have any action other than the blocks, the free T3 receptors. You know, I just find that in terms of based on function, because that's what we're talking about is what's going on with my thyroid function, the best test are really three simple ones, the TSH, the free T3, and the free T4. Now we're gonna get into other things like Hashimoto's, which have antibodies you wanna look at, inflammatory markers you wanna look at, you know, other things that, and thyroid has an effect on, can have an effect on your iron, so yeah, you can check your iron, but we're just talking about how is the thyroid functioning, not what the domino effect it has considering all your other lab work. Right, right, so just a really simple, cost-effective, very simplified test that really tells you what you really need to know. And it kind of trims the fat on all the nonsense, extraneous stuff. Like a traditional thyroid panel that's on a lab rec, most of that stuff is completely irrelevant. Like it doesn't tell you anything. I know it's funny. Either the doctors will do the total T4, the total T3, the FTI, you know, the free thyroxine index. They'll do the, or they'll just only do the TSH. Yeah. Like they don't do the in-between. They either do all these tests that honestly, like I said, other people out there might argue with me. I don't find them really too much validity in figuring out how can I treat this person and get them feeling better, or they do just a straight up TSH. Yeah, right. It's it, You're right. It is very, it's a very weird dichotomy that they do these thyroid panel tests that don't tell you much of anything whatsoever. You might get a little bit of information from the TSH, or like you said, they just screen someone and just do the TSH. And they're I don't know why, but they always miss the free T3. Or if they do the free T3, they don't know what to do with it anyways. You know, really, it kind of boils down to that because then they still want to give them the same medication that they would have given them if they just did their TSH. So the next one, we're going to talk about Hashimoto's. We're going to talk about what Hashimoto's is. Ultimately, we're going to talk about some of the testing related to Hashimoto's. And then we're going to probably get into, after that episode, we're going to probably get into more about thyroid medication because we've mentioned some things, but thyroid medication is becoming more more complicated and what people think is the best isn't always the best and what's done conventionally versus what we do it's quite a bit different knowing that there's lots of possibilities out there and like you said too everyone's an individual what works for one doesn't work for another you know we're going to give you what we think is the best 
and you know just kind of make you aware of the different types of medications that are available. So do you have anything else to add for this one? No, no. Like I said on the last podcast, if and I'm sure you listeners have had your thyroid tested, ask your doctor for the results. Check out your TSH. See if they, you know, see what else they ran. Yeah, right. And if they have by chance run a free T3, maybe by your request, you want that free T3 to be greater than 3.0 at a minimum, right? And want it to be on the other side of the threes. The closest you can get to 4.4, the better it is, more likely, the better you're going to feel. Like you said, the patient with the 3.8 free T3, it's nice to see numbers like that because it doesn't happen very much, which is part of the problem, which is why we're talking about this. So if you have any questions, if you, have, if you want more information about us, you can visit the website, progressorhealth.com. If you have any specific questions relating to thyroid function, thyroid testing, whatever, we've set up an email address, help at progressorhealth.com. That is intended to facilitate questions. We might not be able to get to back to you directly, but we may in the future answer your question on the podcast so that way everyone can benefit from the answer. No, perfect. Or if you have your own thyroid stories out there. Let it, I love to read those things. Yeah, sure. So until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Progression Health Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progression Health Podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.